Thank you once again for your company. I'm Andrew McCarthy-Wood. I have a very special guest with me right now. Uh, you probably know about it. We have an election coming up now, according to the Electoral Commission uh, Queensland website, early voting. Uh, it'll be conducted between Monday the 16th of March and February the 27th of March. The timeframes for early voting will vary in different locations and detailed information about early voting times will be published on the ECQ website, so you might want to check that out. Also, election day, make sure you keep this one aside if you don't get to early voting the 28th of March and uh, polling booths will open from 8am to 6pm. sure if you get there about 15 minutes before 8am you'll get those fresh sausages at those sausage sizzles uh, usually raising money for community groups around. Uh, details of polling booths that'll also be on the uh, ECQ website. Now we've got Ryan Elson he's going for Division 6. Uh, Ryan Elson we're going to learn a little bit about you through this um, podcast before we find out what makes you tick, some of your background. I've heard a couple of other podcasts that you've got involved in. I've seen a lot of what you've published in that and you've got a um, quite the history that's got you to this point. But for those that just want to listen to the first part of this podcast and find out what it is that they might be voting for, why have you put your hand up for Division 6? Andrew, thanks for having me, mate. I appreciate it greatly. Uh, I have put my hand up for my beloved little hometown because I just think we can do better than we are currently. I feel that we are a magnificent area. I feel that we're really close to a capital city. I think we've got great access to an airport. We're on the waterfront. and Well, some of us are. Sorry, my division is. Sorry for those that aren't. But we've got massive unemployment, which is ridiculous. Like 8.9% is unacceptable, to say the least. Uh, our businesses are struggling a little bit. Our economy needs a bit of help. Um, we've got some issues we need to deal through. There's some clarity issues with um, with development that we need to discuss in, in a reasonable, decent manner, not throwing rocks at each other, just have a chat about it. But I think all those things require leadership. Now, I my background is I'm 10 years a cop, uh, running my own business basically for 15 years in uh, commercial real estate. So I know how to deal with business and landlords and council through four years of, nearly four years of Chamber of Commerce president. I would like to lead us to a better place. I feel like I've got good ideas and I can speak to a, a great range of people about their issues. I am prepared to agree to disagree and not always be right, which is interesting in politics lately. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I have the best interests of the place. I, I want it to do well. I've, I've done it through Tribe, which we can talk about in a while, which is a charity that I run. But even if I don't get in, I continue. I will continue to do that. But I feel being in the machine and being in the system would be a lot easier than being out of it and throwing stones from the sidelines. I'm happy to be in the game. Yeah, let's have a look at all of that. Just for a little bit of context for those that are listening and wondering what on earth is going on in the background. We're uh, doing this podcast. Uh, we're having a chat. We're at a table at Beardies. And for those of you that don't know Beardies, awesome chips, awesome beer, and even better, what are they, bacon... Yeah, bacon and egg burgers. You uh, just can't has, go past this them. This place has the best burgers yeah. anywhere nearby, and I'm happy to say that and quote unquote. These guys are fantastic. Absolutely. We need to get through this interview real quick because we want to get into <laughs> one of those burgers. Um, but yeah, look, the incumbent uh, who is not recontesting Division 6, Colliana Winchester, mm-hmm. now her son is going to run essentially in her place. What are some of the big differences between... Uh, the way that Colliana Winchester maybe approached the last couple of uh, terms of council and what do you want to bring to the table? What are the differences for those voters that are out there listening to this? Well, uh, Councillor Winchester was here for 12 years, um, eight years in uh, Moreton Bay region and four years in Redcliffe before that. 
Uh, I have a reasonable relationship with Council Winchester, but we differ on a number of things. Um, I am very much a yes with conditions kind of guy as opposed to a no guy. Uh, We need to go forward in this. It's a fear of what might happen will hold you back every time. You can sit there and go, what if it's bad? But what if it's good? What if it's fantastic? What if making this tweak, making this change, that will scare a few people sometimes because some people are just, you know, scared of of change in honesty. We need change. I mean, for the the councillors that have been there in the past, and I don't love talking about the past, I'm more about the future, but on their watch, the issues that we're sitting here talking about in the community at the moment, the the triple C, unemployment, um, development issues, all these things, well, that happened on their watch. Now, what happened, I know uh, Mrs Winchester isn't running this time, but... I mean, I don't know what happens around the kitchen table at their place, and the fact is, do we want more of the same? You can have exactly what you've had. It's all available to you. It's all sitting there, these same old, same old guys about, oh, be, be careful, be careful. Well, fear campaigns are so simple. All you got to do is work on people being scared. Don't be scared, people. This is a great place to live. It is really good. We have all everything available to us, but we need to go and grasp it. We need to have a crack. We need to get up and find the direction we want to go in and and walk towards it. You've mentioned change and you've also identified that people sometimes struggle with change. Do you see yourself, you know, you you get the the job post the election, awesome, you've got the votes, you jump in there and you'll, you'll run with change straight away or do you, in your mind, have a way that you'll be able to bring people along so that they understand the narrative, they understand what that change is about and why you're doing it? Uh, I want to bring them along, but I want to do it quickly. Uh, okay. I have no interest in sitting around. Why the urgency? Because people want change. Yeah. I mean, look, there is a demographic in here that are scared, and to be honest, a lot of the older people in the area are frightened of change, and the difficulty I have at the moment is I'm having trouble getting in touch with them because they don't go on the internet, um, they have security doors, so I can't knock on their doors, and they've got no junk mail on their front box, so it's pretty tough to get a hold of them. But they've got no need to be, to be Your scared. mail wouldn't be junk mail, would it? Oh, that's <laughs> precious. No, no. You, you guys should see my head. But anyway, that's okay. Um, but look, it's some things are easy. Now, some things are not. Some of the things that people are talking about in this election, you need 12 people, 13. There's 13 on the, on the um, council, including the mayor. There needs to be agreement between those people. So you can't just say, I will do this. But what I can say, from Margate, for instance, we talk about the economy. What I can say is for those empty buildings there that have been empty for a fair while and are struggling, I will call the landlord personally and say to them, mate, your place has been empty for a long time and it looks pretty bad. What can we do about this? And the other side of things is too, I can ring good businesses that aren't in this area and say to them, guys, you're missing out. Why don't you come out here, check out what we've got to offer and then have a chat to them about what might get them there. Now, maybe they'll just be thrilled to bits that, wow, we hadn't seen this before, because a lot of people don't know how good we are. But the other side is too, if it requires um, some little, you know, some, uh, I can't remember the word now, but, you know, some help to get them here through council. Some encouragement. Thank yeah. you. Yep, yep. And, and some financial uh, assistance. Well, then I will talk to the council, other council members and say, hey, guys, I can do this here. I've got a deal here to do this. Could you help me out with it? 
And then I think we could do the same sort of thing in Strathpine. I think we could probably do the same sort of thing in, in Kalanga and other areas in our region that are struggling a little bit. But I don't need council approval or a budget to ring people and talk to people. A lot of these things are about that, getting off your bum and actually having a crack at doing something as opposed to going, oh, you know, it's a bit hard. Andrew, the best things in life are hard. Nothing good is easy. And I, I want to do that. I've been a commercial agent 15 years. I know how to talk to these guys. You've mentioned that the employment rate is over 8% at, um, and a reflection on your face is that you're not happy with that. No. Look at the Moreton Bay region more widely and broadly. You'd be one of um, 13 councillors, including the mayor, as you said. A lot of, not only do you have the uh, employment rate, as you stated, but a lot of people go out of the region to go to work too. They go into Brisbane. Do you have any ideas or views on maybe how to get the employment rate down in your area, but also maybe less people needing to drive into Brisbane and hit the Bruce Highway and those other networks to be able to go for a job? Have you given much thought to that? No, I have. What you're talking about is called retention, okay? Yeah. Retaining people to the area to, to work, rest and play, basically, to take off an old ad. Uh, what, you, what we struggle with here a little bit in this area, and this is a big deal with people talking about development, and I've been getting smacked around the head for being pro-development. Well, you have to be pro-development. If you're not, you're living in a wonderland because we have estimated 240,000 people coming here by 2041. Where are they going to go? Now, for our economy, that can be a really good thing because more people in the area means more shopping locally. If more shopping locally, spending locally comes along, businesses go better. If businesses improve, businesses employ, then your kids, my kids, have got jobs, money in their pocket. Most importantly though, they have purpose. If you have purpose, you're not out robbing cars. You're not sitting there, you know, thinking about how bad your life is and having mental health issues as much. You have purpose. You are part of something because you're part of a workforce. That for me is the most important thing. When population is key, I'll say Margate again because I love Margate and I'm worried about it, but we've got a, a spot sitting there ready to go where the old mama's restaurant used to be. We should look at incentives. Incentives are the word I was looking for before with businesses too. There you go. Back. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, okay, we have near the train lines, there's incentives available for people to develop there, okay, because the train lines were considered a good issue, a good spot for students to the Petrie um, University and what have you. Hasn't worked out that well, that's okay because, I don't know, uh, economic times are probably not going to sell that well or whatever it is. Let's have a look at what we can do. Talk to these guys about what we can sort out here. We need more opportunity in our area for young people and for older people that need a job as well. So let's not discount them. But let's look wider again. I mean, in our region, we talk about 8.9% unemployment. One of our bigger regions is Caboolture. Okay, now Cabo's nothing to do with me as far as, oh, it's not my area. It, it is. Yeah. I'll be voting on the entire region. Now, speaking to the uh, you know, the councillor that has been there, Adam Hayne, look, he'd love more development out there. He'd love it to be to be a better place to, to raise your kids and do all this stuff there. What we need to do is not think of developers as, as people taking from us. They're giving to us as much as anything. Developing's a gamble. Not every developer makes money. A lot of them go broke. And what annoys me a little bit is a lot of the people that are in the area saying, oh, no development, no development, are sitting living on the seventh floor. Yeah. Or a lot of people are sitting there in their, you know, townhouse going, oh, no, developers are awful. Without developers, you wouldn't have a home. So you have to be reasonable at these things. And consider this too. Everyone, everyone is loving a good chat about koalas at the moment. It seems to be a very big deal within, within you know, the election. <laughs> 
consider this. Yeah. There's 240,000 people coming here. You've got two options to home them. You can have urban sprawl and just go out wider and wider and wider, even if you've only got your 300 square metre lots, which everyone says, oh, they're no good. Or you can go up, because if you go out, you're losing environment, you're losing green space, you're losing all those things. If you go up, you're not. I'm not saying go up 70, 100 metres. Let's look at our 30 metres and let's plan it properly in the right areas. That will increase our economy, that'll give us retention because people will be able to stay and work in the same area and it'll give your environment a bit of a good go too. And so with the um, extracurricular activities for those people that are already living here and those people that, that come here, you do have a fair bit to do with the youth around the place. We see that on the socials. Yep. How do you keep them occupied and out of trouble when you have that sort of development happening? Uh, well, it's difficult. The biggest thing I think we, we need to do is engage personally uh, with people. I, one of the reasons I started doing this, I guess I get, I get sick to death of people saying, oh, someone should do something. Well, I'm someone, so that's why I step up. That's why I do tribe social belonging, that's why I do employment, that's why I do job seeker training and, and whatever else you need to do, because someone needs to step up and have a go at those things. Now, young people at the moment are quite frankly missing um, people to observe. Okay, like, okay, it's hard to be a good man if you've never met one. So if you see a kid that is having family issues and having no direction, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be their guide? Are you going to show them the way to to behave? Better than that, with employment, employment program that I've run and developed, it's about turning up for a day, it's for an hour actually, we'll provide you with coffee, tea, sandwiches, we'll invite job seekers and we'll invite business owners or facilitators to come along and meet each other. Because the problem is a lot of job seekers don't know anyone and life is who you know. Yeah. So their person, their reference on their um, resume, which was written by somebody else and has nothing on it, is the person that wrote their resume. It's not their fault. They just don't know anyone. So we lost that somewhere along the line, okay? I'm not, an entrepreneur is an easy thing to call me, but the fact is I'm kind of just redoing stuff that we've lost a little bit. If you want to make a difference, you need to make it personal. You need to go and get in there, get your hands in, have a crack. If you're not happy about the way things are going in your society, you fix it. Get up, have a crack. Help someone out for no reason apart from the fact that it's worth doing. Tribe, can you, you've mentioned it a couple of times now, so for the listener, can you explain what it is and everything that's attached to it and, and what it's setting out to do? Okay, yep. Tribe came about, uh, I had a, a difficult few years, I spent with my uh, wife of 17 years and all the difficulties that come from that and then unfortunately my boy Jake, my son, got diagnosed with bone cancer in his neck and he uh, died 14 months after he was diagnosed. Uh, pretty dark times but I'm so lucky, like I have so many people that love and care for me, I always had people that I could call in the middle of the night go and have a coffee with, go and have a beer with, have a hug, whatever I needed at that time to get through that. Now, I started worrying during that point of time, this is before Jake left us too, but what if you don't have that? What if you don't have anyone and you're going through whatever hell is your hell? So, I'm very lucky I was running Chamber of Commerce at that point in time and we have an event called the Business Mingle, which is awesome. We go in the Belvedere, we have a few drinks and we have a chat and so much business comes out of it. But a lot of those people that were going to mingle, not all, not a lot, but say five, six out of 60, either were retired, didn't have a business, didn't have a role that actually required them to network, 
they just wanted to be a part of something. Yeah. Because belonging is important. So I looked at that and I thought, I could do this and we could do this networking stuff without being involved in business. So we had an event. First one we had had 76 people there and everyone golf clapped, but 50 of them were my mates. So it probably wasn't quite as good as what it looked. (laughs) But from there it grew and most of the people that attend tribe gatherings now, we have a few different ones, but are people that have been or are anxious, lonely, isolated for whatever reason and tribe is their opportunity to regain that sense of community. They meet new people. They talk about nothing. Well, we're sort of like Seinfeld tribe. It's a group about nothing. We've got no real agenda in there. But we have nighttime gatherings at a pub once a month. I've just finished a, a one this morning, 10 o'clock every Friday. We have a coffee catch-up. We have a beach gathering once a month. Uh, and we have trivia nights. And we just do things to get people out. Um, it's I'm not being a master at all doing that. Uh, the, it doesn't help the pay packet, to be honest, but after your kid dies, you, it's not really a big deal anymore. Like, yeah, right. Whatever. But it makes your soul sing and it makes you feel like you are having a positive impact on the world and your community, however small an impact it is. And I love it. And that will continue if I'm lucky enough to get in because a lot of being a counsellor is talking to people that need you. Well, I've been doing it for two years now, so let's keep going. Yeah, you've uh, just about answered my next question, and that, and that is exactly with Tribe and everything that you're doing now where you've got the time to do that, do you see that remaining the same or maybe even changing somewhat should you get elected? I think it will primarily remain the same. And the reason for that, look, the things I do, that, like let's talk about Tribe and employment, they are people-to-people things. Yeah. It's not a, a big budget. There's no money in those things. Like, I don't get any government grants or anything I never have. But for a councillor to actually meet with his people in his area and talk to them on a, on a face-to-face level, in a group, whatever it might be, is pretty cool. Like, you don't get a lot of that. It's normally quite um, rough and tumble. Someone's got a complaint. Someone wants to say something. Well, we don't tend to have that. We just have a bit of a chat. If someone wants to have a talk about something, they can. Someone did this morning, and that's fine. But we talk about community and community involvement. Well, that's community involvement. I mean, that's about as deep as you can get. With employment, my biggest bugbear in this region is employment. So for me, as a councillor, to run once a month, once every two months or whatever... A, an employment in this area but you know what I'd invite every councillor that gets in to have a crack at it it's, a, it's an hour that's it and it can do so much good so why can't our representatives take this on what if we are the region that changes the way employment's done by getting off our bums and doing it differently that's for me it's integral in being a representative of the people so for um, a tribe and all of those things that you're doing now what are, what are the extra benefits? Let's uh, put the community front and centre for a moment. They can be selfish in this. When uh, somebody's going into the ballot box and they're voting, and they're going, well, I've got um, Ryan Elson here, mm-hmm. and um, I saw it online with the, the ballot draw. You didn't exactly get in the best position. <laughs> so a bit on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit harsh. But um, with that, they, they come across your name. They've heard it. They've, they've, uh, they understand that you're already in the community, you're doing all of these things. What are the extra benefits that they're going to get out of making you a counsellor? Okay. I, I guess just to answer a little bit of the first bit, Yeah, I'd like people to sort of – it's easy to say you'll do things. Oh, if I get in, I'll do that. Well, most of the stuff I'm talking about, I'm already doing. 
uh, maybe not so much in discussing development, but I've been open discussing it in Chamber of Commerce. So I've been standing up for a while for what I believe in. It's not new, and it's not about an election so much. Uh, I am not a politician. I don't particularly like the way that our average politicians uh, work. I want to question things. Uh, I have some issues, simple things, like if a business needs, for instance, if you put a new hood in for your uh, kitchen facility, and we're like, yeah, right. there's a fairly substantial fee, I think it's about a thousand bucks, if I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry, for someone to inspect that. Why? In what way, shape or form is that value for money? For someone to come in and charge someone a fair amount of money to look and see if they've done it correctly, which is a half hour visit and maybe a half hour to an hour report. That's unreasonable. Why should that occur? That's a why. Show me. With the jetty, for instance, we we have sit there in Chamber of Commerce, we had a maritime vision. One of the maritime vision parts is to have people visiting our region via vessel, via boat. Come in, dock in, moor it, come up to the restaurants, check it out, see what we've got to offer. At the moment, you need to have a licence to dock on the Redcliffe jetty. It costs you 270 bucks a year, and every time you rope up on it, it's 45 bucks. Why? No one does it because of that, so you're not earning that money anyway. So why not just get rid of it and say, come on, people, come this way. Come see what we've got to offer. We spend a lot of money on festivals and, um, and events and stuff, which I think are fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But we do so many other dumb things that don't help people engage with this place and love this place like I do. We've got to just be – we've got to question why we do things because the biggest, baddest, dirtiest words I can ever hear in my life is, Ryan, it's the way it's always been done because it don't work. So it's not a mountain. It's not an ocean. It's a rule that someone made that we can change. So let's look at it. Ryan Elson, you sound like you're the type of person that's up for – tackling or at least looking at or thinking about any of the big issues and you mentioned events in the Moreton Bay region do you think that the region is well promoted so the Moreton Bay region and we know um, Jody's actually with us she hasn't got a microphone at the moment but hello, hello Jody. Um, but we road trip a lot and we go outside the region and in Queensland you don't need to go very far before people have no idea on where the Moreton Bay region is and um, quite often we we joke about it but it's a real thing and we see it time and time again you'll go into a pub out at Chinchilla or Charleville and I say hey where are you from for some reason they know that we're from out of town we're not locals there and well um, first thing we'll say is we're from the Moreton Bay region and just the way that they look at you is, is utter confusion yeah. exactly and then you go well you know Brisbane yep yep no Brisbane um, you know the Sunshine Coast yep yep no the Sunshine Coast well just in between those two Oh, yeah, you're a part of the Sunshine Coast. So there seems to be a bit of a struggle there. How do you see maybe putting the region on the map? And bear in mind, you're talking about jobs and tourism. I think everybody accepts that tourism is a great job creator Mm -hmm. and it's sustainable work as well. You're not eating up resources out of the earth or anything like that. What are your views around all of that? Look, firstly, to answer your question uh, on how we are, our guys work really hard. Embrit and all these other guys, they yep. work hard. Now, people have got political opinions on the whole thing. And Embrit is more than Bay Region Industry and Tourism. tourism. Yep. yep. Now, they're, they're a contractor to the council. It's not yep. by the council. But I know the guys, and they work hard, and they do a very good job. 
but we must remember on that too that the Gold Coast changed their name from whatever they were called like 60 years ago or yeah. something like that. Sunny Coast adopted it a fair while ago as well. We've done it eight years because that's how long, I think, and if I'm wrong on that, I apologise, but I think yeah. it's about eight years since we amalgamated. That's a big change. One of Redcliffe's problems, or two of Redcliffe's problems, one is the amalgamation, they went from a city, Redcliffe City Council and all that sort of stuff, to part of a large region, which has got nearly the same population as a state, my home state of Tassie. Okay? So it's a big area. Um, yeah, we need to get also, we need to figure out our, our identity a bit still, which kind of is still happening. It's difficult to do, though, in the fact that we have got from the sands of Bribey yeah. to, the, to the forests of Woodford area as well, So and, and to, you know, around the hills and other areas as well, which are sitting there, which are, are quite, you know, suburban in their way. So there's a lot of different parts to it. I think we're doing a good job. I think we need to hold the course um, and keep promoting. One of the issues that we've got here, and going back to development once again, we have no short-term accommodation in this place. We have so many people that come to these festivals that cannot stay. So they don't get the chance to get on the gas and have a few after the festival. <laughs> they don't get a chance to sit down at a restaurant because the kids are whinging and they want to take them home and do whatever. We don't have enough short-term accommodation. For that, we must develop and must build. So that's another part of the issue. In regards to tourism, tourism's dicey. Tourism looks great and it's shiny, but something like we're going through this coronavirus which I think is a bit overblown if I'm honest but okay what if have you stocked up on toilet paper not at all and I teased my <laughs> missus the other day because she said oh maybe I should grab some I said you're part of the problem stop it uh, but there's there's kinks and things that happen in either economy or health or whatever it is that tourism can go bang and stop what we need here is industry uh, and we need to look at how to do that again with what we've done I'll refer again to the maritime vision we would like to have the, the, the Redcliffe Peninsula as the number one place for maritime industry in southeast Queensland. Moor your boat here, get it decked out, get your chandlery done, get your upholstery done, get your motor sorted, all those things. And we can do that here. We've got the capacity. But once again, if you've got in a shed at Clontarf and it's empty, no one's doing that. No one's looking for those guys. Whereas I would call them and say, guys, you know how you build boats? How would you like to do it in Clontarf? How would you like to do it in Kipparin? Or even in Caboolture or whatever it is, Caboolture River up there and what have you. But you have to have leadership to do that. And I went to ECB the other day, East Coast Bull Bars, which is a nearly 50-year-old company now, still manufacturing bull bars. I was there sitting there with them. They're still managing to do it. Yeah, it's tougher, but they can do it. They're not manufacturing overseas. They've got guys there working there. Now, we need to get more guys like that in there because they are the breeding ground, the training ground for our future workers. We need to invite those guys and make an easier place for them to be. If we don't make it easier, they're going somewhere else. So I think we need a bedrock of industry to coincide with tourism and you know many other sort of areas it can get as well. But we've got to work hard for it and decide what we are. You mentioned earlier about the, um, the Triple C and some of the issues and that that have been going on uh, with the, the last council or the council that's coming to a close should the uh, election happen uh, shortly as it will. How would you see maybe more transparency and trust being created when it comes to politicians and councils and all of that sort of stuff and more particularly down to the Moreton Bay region? Look, I'm not a huge fan of extra rules and yeah. extra ways of doing things. I think you just need different people. 
and I know some of the counsellors and I, 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 there's a part of me that feels bad saying this because I don't know the full story. I wasn't there. I'm not pretending I know everything. But if culture is culture can be fantastic and it can be absolutely awful as well. Um, the report on council that was um, brought forward spoke a lot about a toxic culture in the chamber, uh, in the chamber, sorry, in the council. Now, with that toxic culture, that ran down to staff members not being treated the way they should, not having their say, being pushed to do things that they didn't necessarily want to do. Now, that's integrity, and that's about you. Like, no one else can decide on your integrity. You know if you're doing it wrong. You'll know if you shouldn't be doing something that you are, and that's you've got to sort that. Um, having more police in council, I don't know that you need that. I think everyone going in there needs to understand the fact that you can't behave like that. You've seen what's happened to the, the previous councillors that have been in trouble. There's a couple charged and there's a few still more under investigation, not from C, but from another organisation. Keep your nose clean. Like, just don't do it. Is it worth it? Like, for me, I just can't see anything worthwhile enough to have my name smeared in the mud for a few bucks. I'm just not that guy. Like, I went from earning good money as a commercial agent running my own business to earning bugger all running a charity. And I'm happier getting bugger all running a charity. So it's not it's it's not worth it. And it's up to you and yourself. I, my biggest thing, people ask me often why I do the things I do, and you're going to get one last dying breath. You're going to get one. And that's yeah. your last conscious one. And I want to be able to say, and I won't use the expletive, but I want to say, <laughs> geez, Rhino, you really had a crack, mate. You did your best. And that's up to you. So you need to find people with integrity. You need to find people that are, are giving their all and, and for as best of reasons as they can. More policing, more rules. I don't know. I mean, look, I'm, I'll be honest with you guys right now. I'm concerned that I, that maybe somewhere on the line during this campaign I've done something wrong because there's that many rules. I wouldn't yeah. know. I've tried to figure it out, but you have to report everything. I've got a gentleman at the moment that would like to help me financially because I'm not self-funded. I yeah. didn't have the funds. So, But... He owns some property and we need to find out if he's a developer or not. So that's one of the rules that's changed recently. We don't know. I rang the ECQ. They don't know. They're wow. not really sure. So you just got to draw and do the right thing. I've, you know, I don't know. I just, I just want to act with integrity. I make mistakes. I have often made mistakes. I apologise for saying someone to someone the other day that in hindsight I shouldn't have said. There's no perfection going on in this little soul in front of you, I can tell you. But as a bloke who has a real desire to do the right thing and lead in the right way, and that's all I can give you, Andrew, really. One of the things that you mentioned was culture. For a post-Ryan Allison, Councillor for Division 6, turning up into council, uh, you know, pushing for change, uh, pushing for the things that you believe in, how do you see the culture of the Moreton Bay Regional Council changing when I say that, for the staff particularly, because they're the ones the report that you alluded to, there was a lot of talk about uh, how the staff have been treated, um, the culture inside the staff, so not just the councillors and their relationships to to the um, executive side, but for the you know the middle management person that's getting up on a Monday morning and they're heading into work, what sort of a culture do you see them going into, and what are they going to be doing for the community? Well. To a degree, 
that's the CEO a bit. And I, I will take responsibility for my bit in a second, but I'm very glad we've got a new CEO. Um, I have heard this gentleman, Greg, I think it is his name escapes me, so sorry, but I've heard great things. So hopefully that'll be the start of a good thing there. But from my point of view, um, appreciation for staff. I think, you know, the floggings will continue until morale improves. That, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> no, appreciate your staff. Give them a chance. I would like to implement by the way I behave and the way I conduct myself a positive uh, outlook. I, like I said, I really want a yes with conditions council as opposed to a no council. Right, can I give you an example on that? I don't want to go for it. No, go for it. Okay, last um, June, uh, June, I think June, Anyway, winter solstice last year. I, I'm a Tassie boy and they do a thing down in Hobart called Dark Mofo. Yes. And it is epic. And it's basically, it's a paganish sort of a celebration of mid-winter because it's cold down there. Yeah. And they have fires and, and cooking oxen on, you know, on, on braziers and, and just having parties and they just love it. And I just dig it so much. It's so cool. So I wanted to have a, an event for Tribe because it's about isolation and loneliness. I want to have a try called The Longest Night. Now, winter solstice is the longest night of the year. If you're lonely and isolated, every night's the longest night of the year. <laughs> yes. So true. I wanted to sort of get people together on that night and say, hey, it's cool. We're all here for you. The best way for me to do that is to have a fire. We've been sitting around fires for thousands and thousands of years, and that's your place of safety, light, warmth, what have you. So I saw council, I went and saw some friends first and um, I spoke to Picnic Hill, which are an amazing uh, raise, Rickliffe Area Youth Space are just cracking, they're great kids and great leaders there and they have Picnic Hill once a month and they said, don't be stupid, don't do your own thing, we'll section off a little bit for you here and you can run your fire and just have that there. And I saw council with this plan and they said, no. And I said, how come? Because no. Yeah, and that right. was it. So I went and had a bit more information, got a bit of things in and came back and I said, no. They said no, sorry. So I got a petition. I did videos on social media, which I do a lot of. <laughs> I um, basically showed them how stupid it was just to say no and that it's what the people wanted and the people want to have a crack at this. Now, part of the reason they didn't want to do it is because it had never been done and they were a bit scared. So I said, cool, let's work. Let's yes with conditions, not no, yes with conditions. So they made me jump through a fair few hoops. I spoke to the fireys. They laughed and said, mate, giddy up. We'll be there because fireys love a fire. And <laughs> so on the night, we hadn't had approval yet. They hadn't yeah, approved right. it. On that afternoon, it started at 4.30. Uh, 3 o'clock, we got inspected on our site. We had it all fenced off for metres. Uh, we had four fireys there. And we had, and I got approved, I'm a bit of a bugger, but anyway, I got approved <laughs> for a two by two by two fire, or that's what we were looking for. Yeah, right. So I built a one by one by one fire, just because it looked even more pathetic. But anyway, that's all right. <laughs> so anyway, the guy could say, yep, you've done everything you can do. Uh, so we lit the fire and we had a great night. And we had councillors and all the public turn up who'd seen all this hoo-ha about doing it and said, are you serious? That's, they said no to that. That was ridiculous. That was three months almost of fighting these guys for a little fire. And why? Because no was their first response all the time. And so much in bureaucracy, no is the first response. What about yes with conditions? What if said, Rhino, you can do that, mate, no problems, but we need four metres here. We need a couple of fires on site. Can you make that happen? I would have gone away. I would have praised council and said, geez, they were helpful. They were so good. And instead, I had to go to war with them publicly. Does that help them? No. I mean, it's just stupid. No one would have heard about that apart from the good out of it. 
but instead everyone did the bad. That affects staff. The guys that are telling me no don't necessarily want to tell me no, but they're not the guys that are making the decisions. There's some guy up the back who's shaking his head because that's the way it's always been done and we need to change that. We're, we're a brand new council. There's so many new councillors coming in. There's a new mayor. There's a new CEO. What a fantastic time to make change and, and put us in a new, better direction. So with that event, what outcomes did you experience? So when you were there, the community coming together, uh, what did you witness? And then uh, what what's the future for that event even? Yeah, I'm doing it again. I haven't told it yet. Anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, breaking news. There you go. No, it'll be on. Uh, look. That's the, right. You'll be the councillor. You can say yes. Yeah. If, I, if I'm blessed in that manner, then so be it. But look, it was a lot of people coming to see what it was all about. Yeah. Finding out about tribe and finding out that there's there's an option there for people to be involved with each other and connect, which is opportunity. That's what it's all about. Uh, we showed, we had a, a, it was a bit of a talking point. You know, you don't often see a bonfire on council grounds. As I said, they've never done it. So <laughs> that was a bit new. And it made a lot of people, and this was an unfortunate uh, byproduct for council, but it made a lot of people feel like they were part of some sort of little revolution. And the fact that, nah, we got it. That's fantastic. Look at us go. And, and that's, look, that's great because, once again, it's belonging. So, when, council is a big machine. It's a really big machine, okay? But what ha- what is one of the big problems with council is it forgets that it works for us. Council works for us. We don't work for council, okay? And the people in the community have to remember that. Yes, there are rules. Yes, there's regulations. And a lot of those are, uh, are all well and good and have to be there. But having rule upon rule upon rule upon rule just because is self-serving and ridiculous. And I want to tear the joint apart for that, to be honest. So I want to get in there and just go, why? Why is this a thing? And if someone says, because it's the way it's always been, look out. You've just said the word again, belonging, and you've said that a few times. And yes, you're talking about that very much in the context of Division 6. So for the the wider uh, Moreton Bay region, it's basically just coming at the same questions earlier, but probably a little bit uh, differently. But what is it that the Moreton Bay region needs to do for people within that region to go, yeah, I'm I'm a citizen of the Moreton Bay region and I'm proud of that. It's an awesome place to live because we just don't hear that. I think you sort of you might have answered your own question a little bit, but people love saying they're from the sunny coast. Yeah. People say, they don't say they live in a suburb of the Gold Coast. They live on the Gold Coast. Yeah. And that's what they say. Why don't we do that? And I think it's probably because we're pretty young still and we've got to give ourselves a little bit of time on that. Like I'm not, there's no jumping up and down. So what are some of the things that we can, what are some of the practical things that we can do to head that off? Yeah, pride. Establish some pride in our area. Show what we have got. And I'm not just talking the festivals and the shiny things and all that stuff. Like, it, it's interesting for me. I mean, look, we can get rid of all this government crap, to be honest. Like, all yeah. the, the problems that are there and all the situations. Well, let's scrap that and move on. And that's maybe at the moment there's not a lot of reason to be proud of have, being under the Moreton Bay Regional Council flag. And that's a fact. I mean, yeah. is what it is. But, like, we've got these great things that no one knows about. I mean, I went to the airport the other day. We've got an airport in Redcliffe and so many people don't know it's there. So you've got some guys building planes out there. You've got students building planes and they're selling them off and they learn how to do it and it's a little a teaching mechanism for them. We've got a, there's World Helicopter Day out there every year which is done by a mate of mine and it is absolutely belter. It is fantastic. You get to go out there and touch these things and look at them and have a look. Yeah, right. It's fantastic. 
no one knows. Um, we've got uh, some other uh, some guys that repair planes are there, and there's all these. There's 150 people working at the airport, and no one knows it's there, yeah. and it's just stupid. I also I get really annoyed at people that live on the peninsula and say, "Oh, there's nothing to do." My weekend is chockers. <laughs> My missus is peeved at me because I don't do enough around the house because I'm out there having fun all the time and seeing people and checking out what's going on. Be proud of that. Say, Morton Bay is amazing. Because it is. Like, we've got, I mean, okay, I can get on my bike and I can roll, take a ride for a few mates up to Debra. I can go up Mount Me and do all these other bits and pieces. I can go to Woodford Pub. I can do all these bits. Of, I haven't even left the region, but it's all different. Yeah. So we need to establish some personal pride in the area we live in, as per the Sunshine Coast does, as per the Gold Coast does. It is early days, but be proud. We've got plenty to be proud of. Yeah, we've got a few problems, and the 28th of March, you get to fix that if you want to. Ryan Elson, uh, the Ryan of today is a culmination of your experiences. For those that are still listening, we're just hitting that 40-minute mark, so you're well committed. Let's now go through and find out what has made you you. Tell us your story. Uh, it's an unusual one, I guess. I start at the start, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Mum kicked Dad out when I was seven because uh, he had a gambling and drinking problem and a few other issues. Uh, and unfortunately, she died in a car accident when I was nine. So I had guardians and um, foster parents after that for a term. I went to boarding school for a while, which was funny because I only did 5K from the, the school. But you know, well, boarding school was amazing, by the way. Yeah, 20 right. big brothers t- to play with. Giddy up. I'll have a yeah. bit of that. Um, I was on a pretty bad path, I guess, um, through lacking a good man, I guess. You know, like, as I said before, it's hard to be a good man if you never met one. Uh, I got... A, a, a couple that were a friend of mine's from school, their parents, and they cared, and they took me and they gave me a chance, and they fought for me a little bit, um, especially in school. My guardians were going to pull me out in year ten because I was never going to be anything but a labourer. They said no, that's ridiculous. Went yeah, right. behind my guardians back and talked to the school, and somehow I did year eleven and twelve, and with a bit of help from a beautiful teacher. Wow, I, I passed that. Now both those things, though, are people sticking their necks out for a kid and giving them opportunity, which that kid took. And that's important too, that you can be presented with opportunity, but if you don't take it, well, you know, nothing will change. Uh, I finished school, did okay, and uh, was here's another opportunity there. I was at another friend's place, uh, another chick, and her her dad said, righto, Rhino, what are you going to do the rest of your life? I said, no idea. And he said, why don't you join the cops? And we had a little bit of a laugh because I've been in a little bit of trouble here and there. <laughs> and uh, he said, no, I'm going to do it. And he was a superintendent of police. And I mean, wow. he may have put my name forward and done something because life is who you know. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do with kids now. But he didn't pass the physical. He didn't pass the interviews. He didn't pass the academy and do all the other things. I did that. But he gave me an opportunity to do that. So I was the youngest cop in Australia. I turned 18 on 29th of August and I was sworn in on April 11th. Hang on. So you were the youngest police officer in Australia. Yeah. That's awesome. A, for about nine or ten months. So yeah, right. Yeah, little thing. Do you left. still hold that record, do you know? Nah. Going, I think, <laughs> I think oh, they don't get them too young anymore, but I think yeah. after that I got belted a little bit by a couple of courses after me. But <laughs> I was, but I don't think anyone would have joined younger than me. Yeah, right. Oh, except for cadets. I used to have like 16-year-old cadets back in the day, but they hadn't done that for a long time. But... Um, anyway, I did that. I did 10 years in the cops. Uh, I loved the first seven. I was in uh, two lots of oh, – I was in uniform for two, country for two, uniform for one and a bit, 
and then I went to drug squad for two years, um, which is heaps of fun, I can tell you that. Uh, then I went to CIB, our, you know, suit-wearing thing, and in truth, it didn't suit me particularly. I, I felt a bit fake walking in thinking I was all cool with a suit on and whatever like that, and um, in addition to that, I'm better at – sometimes I don't do detail as well as I should, if yeah, I've got right. to be honest with you, so – if you're going to be a detective in CIB, you want to do detail. It's not yeah. like finding a crop. You're looking for little bits and pieces. So I, I, I sort of – I could have done better at that, I guess. But I had – anyway, my wife and I at the time had um, – we thought we'd have one more baby. And we, we, I had a stepdaughter. She was one. And we thought we'd have one more baby and got twins. So that was interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was hard. And that, on top of being a detective and doing all the other things I was doing – I just got too hard, really, and so I we I chucked the job in, and was, that was scary as hell because I'd never done anything else. And uh, coppers are very much a cultural thing as well. You are you're either in it or out of it, and to be out of it was pretty scary. Yeah, and you're giving up the security of the pay packet. Oh yeah, else, yeah, absolutely. And I had no idea what I was going to do, so yeah. we came to sunny Queensland because I like palm trees and beaches and thought that'd be cool. <laughs> Is that what you got? Yeah, we went to Hubby Bay, so yes, we did get that. Yeah, right. And went there for a couple of years, but I couldn't get a job. Uh, I was trying, I was doing a lot in youth, trying to get youth services and, you know, doing what I do with tribe to a degree now and whatever. Anyway, I ended up applying for, applying for a um, personal assistant job, which anyone that knows me knows I'd be the single worst personal assistant the world a has PA. ever seen. Yeah, PA. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I got knocked back. And this oh, yeah. was after about 15 knockbacks and I was getting frustrated. And anyway, I got a phone call, thankfully. Phone call from the receptionist saying, I'm sorry, just in here to inform you that you didn't. And I said, no way. I won't use the exact language you use, but I said, no way. I said, you haven't even met me. You've read a piece of paper that you have decided I'm no good for the job. Give me an interview. If you give me an interview and you don't like me after that, I'm fine with that. But Fair give game. me that interview. Yep. Yep. Anyway, I scared her a bit, so she jumped, she jumped <laughs> off the phone. Anyway, she rang me back and finally said, can you be here at 11 o'clock tomorrow? I said, yes, I can. And I got in and thought, wow, here we go. And I rocked in there and I had a talk with the principal. And I was, had to look up what a PA actually did before I rocked in because <laughs> I wasn't sure what it was all about. And um, anyway, I, I left. It went all right sort of thing. And then um, I left and they um, said, can you come back in 3 o'clock tomorrow? I said, yep, no problems. Anyway, I walked in and the principal said, uh, you'd be the single worst PA the world has ever seen, <laughs> but you'd be a pretty good sales agent. Yeah. Uh, do you know what it's about? I said, no idea. Never. They said, he ever sold anything? And I said, I sold a Coke can at a few footy games. So is that an insult or a compliment? No. Or? <laughs> well, no, he said, have you ever sold anything? I said, well, but I've sold an absolute heap of good ideas being a cop. Yeah, Because right. that's what you do. Yes. You, you say, listen, how about we take this path of action as opposed to the one you're going to do? Because if you do that one, you're going in the can. Yeah. So let's do my way. And that's selling. It's just a different form of selling. Anyway, we've got that. And I jumped on to real estate and I got Rookie of the Year in my first year for Ray White. And I got a few other awards there, which was cool. And then we moved away from Harvey Bay. Um, Went to Aspie for six horrible months. And sorry to everyone who loves Aspie, but it's not my cup of tea, that's for sure. (laughs) I started a training agency and I was doing that just training agents, which was good fun because I like teaching and I like helping. And that's sort of what I'm about a bit. Uh, unfortunately, I took a job that was too good to be true out here at a, an office, managing a real estate office, and after fighting with a, an owner that wouldn't let me manage, yeah, um, I got sacked, which was a, a, an interesting experience. It wasn't fun. <laughs> but out of a lot of the, the worst times of my life, come the darkest times come the best things. And so out of that, I jumped into commercial real estate, which is sheds, shops, buildings, all that sort of stuff, nothing to do with houses. And I loved it, and it suited me. 
So I did that for a number of years with my kids growing up and, and you know, being a dad and a husband and all those bits and pieces. Then um, I think I started to uh, want to do more. I mean, my kids got a bit older. When your kids don't need you as much anymore, you sit there and go, okay, what's next? What's important? Yeah. Uh, so I joined a couple of things and that didn't really suit me. And then I joined Chamber of Commerce. Um, we had 26 members at that point in time and we used to have about seven turn up to meetings. That drove me insane. So I respectfully took over. I hope I respectfully took over to the, to the ex-president, <laughs> but I suggested it might be a good option. And after three and a half years there, we had 160 members and we have 60, 70, well, 50, 60 people turn up at most meetings and I'm very proud of that. We've done a lot of good things in, in regards to that. But it's sort of all a culmination of what's important to you. I mean, I don't, I don't need the best couch. I don't need my, my old GP sitting out there. It's got 170,000 Ks on it. It's paid off. I don't need anything else. I like it. I'll keep that. But what makes my soul sing these days is, is making good change, even if it's just individual people. Like, giving them opportunity, maybe showing them a different way of doing things, maybe being a guide, maybe being a catalyst. Like, you know, you said before about what should counsel expect out of me. I don't know, but let me tell you, it's not going to be anything they've had before. So, because I'm not like that. I am a bit of a, I don't know, I can be a wrecking ball, I can be um, courteous and caring, I can be uh, considerate, I can be, you know, I think differently and hence the other things I do. But I don't wish anything to remain the same because it's too hard to change. Everything can be done, but you just got to set into it and, and have a crack. And if I look back on my life, I guess... Most of that has happened. Like, I mean, Jake's death, which is horrendous, still is an opportunity to figure out what is, is best in the world and what is worthwhile. And and for me, like I said, I want to finish up Just doing with, my best. Um, yeah, Jake's death, because you've, you've talked about that a couple of times and there's a lot of body language that goes with that for the listeners. That, yeah, it still weighs uh, a bit heavy, don't Yeah, exactly right. Is some of what you do is that a way for Jake's purpose to live on as such? Yeah, I've, I haven't. I don't know if I've consciously thought of that, but I think yes. Uh, I don't want to waste that ex- that horrible experience. Um, I loved my kid. My kid loved others, and I want to continue that going. Um, he knew he. We did try before he he left us, and he loved it. And his photos of him with tried two shirts and him turning up and, and saying you're doing a great job, Dad, and all that sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of people say I oh, was at all for Jake. No, it's not. A lot of it's for me, and, and a lot of it's for me to try and get through that. To be honest, because when everything's really, really dark, you want a, a little spark of of joy, and you get that in in tribe, and you get that in employment, and that's a good thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd like to think that. We're, we're making good out of a terrible thing and, you know, I, I know he'd be wrapped with what we're doing and I know he'd be involved in it. And I'm not spiritual particularly at all, but I've been a lot more spiritual since he left, to be honest. And, you know, I, I hope I hope there's a glimmer of you know, To take this interview somewhere else, uh, but I do want to bring it back very, very quickly, just to explore this a little bit further. Um, but, you know, we have a horrific suicide rate. We also have a horrific domestic violence rate as well don't necessarily want to tie the two together but um, you know they're both bad things and they both usually come out of uh, you know bad situations have you felt or thought about 
either of those and how did you get through that for somebody that is maybe going through something like you went through? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course. But, I mean, I, I haven't ever decided to, to, you know, consider suicide myself. It's not. It's just not in my nature, which is fine, but I get where it comes from because, yeah. you know, giving up sometimes would be pretty, pretty easy. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that's why people do it. When people that suicide are generally very sick, and, yeah. and that's the truth of it, and that's difficult for a lot of people to understand. But in relation to those two massive issues, like yeah. massive issues like suicide and domestic violence, I think a lot of it is us firstly supporting each other, not a a, a company or a, a a wing of government supporting somebody us supporting each other and us calling each other out like if I okay I, I got and, and this this could be good for those that, that don't want me to get in but I'll give you something straight up I had a situation uh, about a month and oh before I started running definitely probably two months ago where there was three young men at a bar that I was at that I frequent a lot and I was standing beside them and one young man offered to give the, the girl behind the bar a tip if he could put it down her top. Yeah, right. And I shut up because, you know, I'm just sitting there. But, you know, this this young lady, I know her well and she's old enough to be my daughter and she refused that politely. Uh, then they made another crude comment towards her as well. Not not overly crude, but just something that wasn't unnecessary and, and didn't need to happen. Yeah. And I, I was tensing up again because I'm just not that guy. And then the last thing, she poured the drinks for them. He t- t- took two steps back and said, I'll only pay you if you come out and, and give me a hug. Now, she doesn't need that. She's there to pour drinks. That's her job and she did her job. So I took him on about it and it turned into a bit of a scuffle. So there you are. There's, there's a guy looking for to, to run for council. But I'm not putting up with that because yeah. part of what you're talking about, say for DV or say for antisocial behaviour, Whatever you put up with is what you're prepared to accept. And if you don't step up and do think something, you are part of the problem. If you're incapable of doing that, that's fine. But I'm capable of doing that. And the fact is, we, it got, you know, things got stopped fairly quickly. Um, I feel fine about what I did. Yeah. Um, I hope those gentlemen think again before they do something like that because it is unnecessary and it's unacceptable. So what we need to do is respect each other, but also call out bad behaviour. Oh, look, I've behaved badly in the past and I've been called out and I'm grateful for the people that have. Don't think for any second that I'm going for counsel, I'm not going for a sainthood, by the way. So, you know, like, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no angel. But So as a counsellor, is that what we can expect? If there is something that you're not quite comfortable with, and it's interesting because we've, we've seen it over the period of the Moreton Bay region, which has been around for about 12 years now, uh, you know, there's, it makes the papers very, very quickly if one councillor doesn't vote with the block and whatever else. But if there's something that you're not quite comfortable with, doesn't represent the best interests of Division 6, what will you do? Will you simply negotiate? And if the negotiations aren't successful, whoops, you didn't negotiate, right? Or will you stand up? How far will you take it? Uh, yeah, I'll stand up. Uh, look, negotiation is a big part of politics. So there will be times where I'll have to to suck it up a bit to get what <laughs> needs to be done. 
and it's and it's and by the way, you said Division Six. I love Division Six, and that is what I'm going ah, for. Yes. It's the region. Like there's, if there's good things, I will go for them. If there's bad things, I won't go for them. Yeah. And if there's something that I can't hold my head high about afterwards, then it's not going to happen. I mean, I, we we haven't talked about the past too much, which is good. But this Triple C stuff, whether someone was directly involved or not, it was on their watch. So why wasn't something said? Why didn't someone come out and do this? Why didn't they say it? I said to my, my um, beautiful partner, Ems, uh, when I first started doing this, I said, if I get in, if I'm lucky enough to get in, and in three and a half years, my biggest issue is that I want to keep my job, yeah. then I've done it wrong. Yeah. It's not what it's about. It's about doing what is good for the region and is good for the people. Bear in mind, though, I can't be everything to everyone. Okay, some people out there are just going to hate me. I had a lady the other day who said, I really like you, but I wouldn't vote for anyone with a beard. <laughs> oh, so that's And we're so, a beardy, so. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> shaving, guys, so that's done. But, but that's fine. That's her call. And she yeah. can, they can, people can make decisions on anything they want, and that is democracy, and I love democracy. But I, don't, I need to be able to hold my head high when this finishes, and I will do that. And if I've, I've shown it time and time again through Chamber, through plenty of other blues I've had because <laughs> I've been in, you know, plenty of scrapes, <laughs> is that I won't stand for something I don't agree with because yeah. that's integrity. That's really what integrity is. Does it feel good in your gut? No. Then don't do it. Something I really want to understand is all the way through this conversation, it's been, it's becoming more apparent and clearer every sentence that you deliver, every question that you answer that you just have this huge network of friends and it's it's probably not even a question that's great for you. It's probably a question for all of these friends, but, you know, what's evident out of this is that we don't have the resources to get around all of your friends to ask this question, so I'm going to have to ask you, <laughs> why the hell do you have so many friends and why, and this isn't something that's just come about recently, this isn't something that's come about since you've been at Redcliffe, this is something you mentioned it when you were a teenager, you had you know, friends, parents that would do anything for you. Why is that? Oh, God. Um, yeah, good question, Andrew. Thanks. Someone else should be entering this, but I'll, I'm here, so I'll have a crack. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would like to think that I'm not a black and white person. Yeah. I tend to have a grey world in that I understand other people's points of view. I'm not one of these people that, well, I, and I think I'm not, and please, there'll be people there shaking their heads, that's fine, but I'm not <laughs> one of these people that, that desperately needs to be right. Um, I think once upon a time I might have been a bit, but I think, unfortunately, I learned some hard lessons and, and they may, you know, they're probably my marriage, to be honest, that, it, you know, sweating the small stuff wasn't worth it. It was dumb. And, and you know, so I guess I'm, I hope it's because I'm, prepared to listen and prepared to, to understand. Uh, I am genuine. I am me. Uh, I've never sort of been any different. I don't want to shave and wear a suit and tie so I get your vote. I watch it. I'm here. And this is this is me and, and that's how it is. And I look after the people I care about. And that's, I, I guess it's the best I can tell it. I'd love you to ask someone else because I'd be interested to see the answer myself. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, if I can break it down a little bit. Because there's two examples that I can think of that stand out. One of them was mentioned in this interview so far. Another one hasn't been mentioned and there's not many people that know about it. First of all, uh, you were heading towards year 10 and your carers at the time are going, no, nah, this guy's got 
no hope mm-hmm. in, in senior schooling. Yep. But you had friends, parents that, I mean, this isn't normal. Like, they yeah. they were so motivated that they are like, no, we have to do something about it. The other one is far more recent and it's to do with um, your son Jake's passing. Mm-hmm. And somebody in the community, I know you know about this, I know about this, not many people know about this, but somebody that you didn't really see eye to eye with at the time and you're quite vocal about it, went, hell no, this is not right, and actually jumped in and supported you. Now, there's there's, there's got to be a motivation for this. That Ordinary, normal people don't have this happening every day, and I just really want to understand because I... I think this will get to the bottom of the type of counsellor that you'll be as well. You seem to be able to bring people along. You seem to be able to have a very, very wide influence and people seem to be able to get your vision for some reason. And this probably just isn't a question for you, but if you can just talk us through it so that we can maybe understand it because it's evident on social as well. We see it. Like, the you seem to be able... And it doesn't seem to matter whether it's a multi-multi-millionaire or a person that's down on their luck and life's about to spit them out, you can connect with them for some reason. Yeah, once again, it's a question I wish someone else was answering. But um, look, I think I've been a lot of places. Um, I've done a lot of things. I've probably tried to be a lot of people, if you get my drift on that. Like discovering truly who you are is a journey. Uh, I don't know if I'm there yet, to be honest, but I'm pretty comfortable in, in myself at the moment. Um, why do people, I don't know, gravitate towards me or why can I cre- create the connections that I do? I think I love people to a large degree. Uh, I want to love people. Um, it's people, you know, these people that say, no, no regrets, no regrets. Oh, man, I've got hundreds. <laughs> And I need Is to learn anybody saying that, being honest, really? Well, well, yeah. No, probably not. And I, some of them burn into my soul. And I do wish I'd done things differently. And, and I'm happy to talk to people about that. I mean, I, I guess I truly just do my very best in whatever I'm trying to do. Uh, it's not always, doesn't even always go right. But I, mean, I don't know. Look, I, I love people and I, I want to. I want people to do well. I really get joy out of someone else doing well. Uh, I have election campaigns are tough. This is my first, and there's stuff out there that's stinging hard. Like I'm not going to lie about it. Like yeah. it's not fun, but that's their journey. If that's the way they want to be, and that's the way they want to do their actions, that's fine. The only thing I can control is me. So I need to be the best I can be, and the best person I can be. And if I lose this election by being myself and being true to myself and having integrity, so be it. But if I, I just don't want to be anyone else. And I don't know, that works for a lot of people. I'm, I'm polarising though, guys. Don't think I'm yeah. – like, there's people out there that think I'm a, I'm a dickhead. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and maybe they're right sometimes. Can you take us know. through the, the campaign so far, just the experience for, for the listener? And, like, a lot of people don't, don't see what – nine or ten o'clock at night looks like for you when you've yeah. you know seen what other people are saying about you or what um you know somebody else does something and you've got to make the call as to whether you do get involved in that or run your own race or any of that sort of stuff 
maybe just let people know what that's like. <laughs> uh, it's an experience. Uh, it's not. I haven't found it particularly pleasant. Yeah, right. Uh, to be honest, I I struggle a bit with. There's two sides that you hear a lot from. One side is the people that just hate you, and what hurts me about that, and it does, I'm not going to lie that it doesn't, but what hurts yeah. me about that is that they don't know me, and some of them do know me, and it's even worse, because like I've got one guy that has cried on my shoulder for something gone wrong through Tribe, and now because he has an affiliation with another guy that's having a crack against me, that he's just spouting all this garbage about me and it's yeah it stings man like it's not fun I'm not that person and to to indicate to other people that don't know me that I am is is bullshit and it just is and so yeah that hurts I mean and, and like you've struck me as answering questions even if they're not you know positively reflective of yourself you definitely answer them from what I can tell so far as uh, you know very honestly as, as best as you possibly can but so that individual, and I don't know who they are. This is the first I've heard of this, but you come well, out the a other few, end to be of honest, it. But there's and, one in particular I'm thinking. And, and <laughs> okay, so this one particular one that you're thinking of, come out the other end of it, and you get elected or you don't get elected, and you've got tribe. Are you still going to be there for them to be able to cry on your shoulder if they need it? In and that, I know, like there, no, no. there is an answer that's very easy to answer and be the right answer. But oh, it sounds great. So, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Look, personally, perhaps not. Now, I'm not tribe, though, okay, yeah. and I, I want to make this clear. I never Great, want yeah. tri- tribe to be the rhino show. It was never meant to be. Yes, I lead it. Yes, I coordinate it a bit, but tribe is about all of us. It's a tribe. It's not called chief, okay, it's called tribe. And so for me, if that person needs support, I hope there's a person there to support them. I, I'd love to say I'm so, I'm a bigger man and I can care. No, well, at the moment I'm peeved about it. And, yeah, you know, right. that'll probably sit with me for a little while because I'm a person and that's the truth of it. Uh, it's It's been, yeah, the whole the experience has been tough. Um, I enjoy doing this. I, I had Chamber of Commerce the other day with 130 people there and I got to give my views and reflect what I thought about the world and I dig that because that's what I want to do. Do want to argue about you know who's better or worse or you know oh you you're, you're not true you've got to do it this way no well, not really because I don't care about them I had, a, I had to do a thing last week which was funny because I've got people that care about me and they're beautiful but they kept I'm still trying to get to the bottom of that because it's just so much of else, but it's awesome isn't it yeah no, but okay I had a, a few yeah. friends sending me like uh, you know snapshots of what's being said about me yeah. on Facebook and what flyers are being said and all that sort of stuff and I had to sell them I said I don't care just stop yeah. It's not important to me what they're doing. It's important what I'm doing. And I, I just want to I want to run a positive campaign as best as I can. And I love a blue. Like, I'm, I'm happy to go if anyone <laughs> wants. But is that what people want? I hope not, to yeah. be honest, because I, I want to be able to work with people after this. And I guess in relation to what you're saying about that person that I'm, I'm alluding to, I'd like to be able to work with him if I have to. I'm not going to invite him around for dinner on Christmas, but, you know, that that's... That's my personal choice on that. But I think the ridiculousness of hate, hate gets you nothing. Uh, hate, hating someone only hurts you. And if someone's out there hating me, that's their journey, man. And I hope they can get away from that and I hope it's not the continuation of their journey. But if I take that on, they win. So 
go your hardest, gang. Like, I'm going to keep continuing to to help the people that you know want help. And if you guys want to sit in your corner and think the world's a terrible place, go nuts. For those that have stuck with us and they've got to this point, make the case. Why are people voting for you? Why are people voting for Ryan Allison? Elson. I've um, you've done it to me a couple of times. Yeah. Ryan will do. Um, Rhino. Okay, look. Elson's important because that's what's going to yeah, be on the other thing. Yeah. Elson. That's with an E, ends with an N. There you uh, go. Okay, I, I would like people to support me because I have what I feel is a good vision for the community. Okay, I want to build, I'm, I think I need what we need to do to lift all, all of us. That is economy and primary economy, community and employment. They're my major things I want to do. Uh, I have shown that I can do this. I'm not sitting here having to say, oh, if I do, if I get in, I'll do this. Man, stalk me. Get online, Google me, go your hardest. Okay, I'm not the gambling guy. There's a game. There's a guy that does professional poker, Ryan Elson. It's not, it's not me. <laughs> but look at try. It's all there to see. It's been going for a long time. Employ me. Going there for a long time. I did 15 years of real estate, and I've got one bad Google review. And it's not bad going, really, when you think of the, the environment that's in. Absolutely, yeah. But look, I'm proud of what I've done, particularly in the last few years. I think that I have as good a vision for anyone, I think better vision than anyone for the area. I think I can sell the area, and I haven't talked about that very much, but you talked about Moreton Bay. You need someone to get up and have a crack and tell them what's here. I'm not a bureaucrat. I don't push pens, okay? I'm, I'm a guy that gets out and has a well, go. Well, just for a moment, step sideways and sell the area. Oh, why would you not be here? Okay, we, you, you cross that bridge coming from Sandgate. You've got oh, Clontarf sitting there in front of you, looking magnificent. Down the right-hand side, you've got all these great beaches and, and plenty of area for kids to play in. You've got jet ski um, there every Saturday. You've got people sliding on parachutes and, and they're um, kite surfing out the front there straight away. This, let's just go around the coast for a second. Drop down to Woody Point, gorgeous little village. Okay, You've got the Belvedere, which is one of the oldest and finest pubs around, sitting there kicking ass and taking names. You go around the, the point there, you got, you know, the gander's sort of going under a bit now, but to be honest there, but you've got a great view over the top there. Magnificent area going the the coast around there. Just the bomb, looking fantastic. Still plenty of room for development people, so don't think I haven't forgotten that. You can vote against it if you like. But you rock into to Redcliffe. You've got this wonderful little city feel, like town feel in there, that needs more but it still pumps. Everyone's friends. Like, man, what a great spot. I walk down the road and it takes me half an hour longer than it should because I'm lucky enough to know a heap of good people. But you go up the other end. You go to, to Margate. Man, I've got plans for Margate, brother. I have plans for Margate. I want to get that place pumping. Scarborough's going great. Not in my div, but I don't care. It's beautiful. Got all this great little you know, feel there. You've got the fig trees there that my kids have played on for years. I mean, and you go right up Newport, outstanding, all the canals and all the boats there and all those guys enjoying that. This is all on one little piece of land. Right? And then you've got Rothel with all the great, you know, new families caught off and moving into there, going into D-Bay, same sort of thing. D-Bay, everyone's been having a crack at D-Bay for years. You watch, that place will go off. It's sitting there in a great spot and it's coming on beautifully. Man, to go to the Sunshine Coast and spend an extra hour driving to have a day out, you're off your head. You're missing out. We've got it here 25 minutes, 40 minutes from where you are. You turn up here, I'll guarantee you a good time. And even more important than that, if you want to live here and enjoy everything we've got to offer, you can have lifestyle and business in the same spot. So if you don't like that, I can't help you. 
Ryan Elson, Rhino, but Elson, if you're looking at the uh, ballot paper, thank you very much for your time. Been a pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me.